Mary Poppins with the songs, the fun, and the motion picture excitement Walt Disney is famous for. Yes, sir, we've got everything to make life easier. Mother, I was reading about a fellow named Tom Edison who's working on an idea for snap-on electric lights. To hear how the story goes, <laughs> go ahead and push my nose. W your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 640. And together, this and every week, we'll celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more as I take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night books, community, audio tours, blog, and more, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and find everything else at www.radio.com. Over the years, many Disney attractions have been made into movies, with some becoming global phenomenons like the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. But this week, we're going to look at the top 10 Disney attractions that should be made into movies, from the obvious to the obscure, these are the stories and characters we want to see on screen. Before I ask you to share your vote as well, I'll then share this week's trivia contest question of the week, and then stay tuned to the end of the show for more updates, event information, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Disney attractions in parks around the world are three-dimensional extensions of the exceptional storytelling that often takes place on screen. And in fact, some, many, popular attractions in the parks were inspired by or taken directly from their motion picture origins. And in the past, we've looked at, actually more than once, Disney movies that we think should be made into attractions on show 391 and on show 554. But this week, we are going to turn the tables and look at the top 10 Disney attractions that need their own movie. And joining me, of course, is a man who deserves his own biopic, probably starring Nick Cage because Nick Cage, he is, of course, Tim Foster from Celebrations Magazine. Thank you for the Nick Cage. That was very that was very generous. Aim yeah. high. You got to aim high, brother. And <laughs> speaking of aiming high, not necessarily hitting the target, but aiming high nonetheless, uh, because like the 1977 ABC sitcom and a favorite show of mine as a kid says three's company, although you probably have no idea who Ralph Furley is or why the Regal Eagle in Epcot is such a great name and parody of the Regal Beagle. I want to welcome back to the show, but his very first top 10, Connor Brown of TikTok fame and WDWOpinion.com. Hey, I love Don Knotts. Who so doesn't? Hot, lead, and cold feet. 
Okay, well, I don't, I don't know how much my love is, but <laughs> With top ten Don Knotts movies is going to be our next. Uh, the Incredible Mr. Limpet. I just know that too. You know, Three's Company, and then oh, I guess Apple Dumpling Gang, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know Apple, Apple Dumpling, Dumpling Gang. Gang. That's that's what I. Know. Andy Griffith. It Andy. rides again. The Apple Dumpling Gang rides again. We need to have a Disney Plus Don Knotts movie marathon one night. Ooh. You guys come over. We'll have Is popcorn, it, and it'll be it'll be lovely. It's just lovely. the two. It's just those two movies, <laughs> That's right? It. <laughs> That's it. All right, back to well. Don't bring Disney. a lot of popcorn. <laughs> back to Disney attractions that need their own movie. Let's sort of set this up a little bit because I think it really was things like Pirates of the Caribbean and the the franchise that came after that that. Since that time, I think Disney has been very much looking forward to continuing to bring theme park attractions into theaters. And as we are recording this, timing is everything as the Jungle Cruise movie is getting closer and closer to its release. It was actually revealed today that there's going to be a new Tower of Terror movie coming soon, starring and being produced by not only two-time Oscar nominee, but Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, which is what? interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> it's also going to be uh, written by Josh Cooley, who you know from Toy Story 4 and Inside Out. Uh, this is not the first time we've seen a Tower of Terror movie. Go back in your Wayback Machine to 1997 and the oh-so-incredible, not Mr. Limpet, but Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg, baby. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst is his daughter. What right? a Right, Kirsten film. Dunst, pre-Spider-Man. Um, no. Yeah, and th- supposedly there's been a new film in development for like six years. Um, I know John August years ago was supposed to write something, uh, but now it looks like Tower of Terror is going to come to the to the big screen as opposed to just the... Uh, the made-for-TV Steve Gutenberg movie, which you still can find online. Um, but I think this is one that not only is going to be a lot of fun, that makes a lot of sense, because the attractions in and of themselves are often so very immersive in the story, and a natural extension of many would be a standalone film or even a franchise, and now it could be a Disney Plus show or a Disney Plus uh, uh, one-off movie uh wait trivia question don't google put down the google what was the first attraction turned into a feature film in walt disney world or disneyland what was the first ever disney attraction turned into a feature film and feature is being generous mission to mars no mars needs moms (laughs) yes underrated movie <laughs> underrated movie what a great pull listen you are forgetting because you have not one but two copies on special 8k blu-ray edition of the country bears Jamboree. back in 2002 christopher walken tour de force in that film <laughs> <laughs> you know that was a fr- wow yeah but listen they learned very huh. quickly because huh. pirates came out the following year and then five movies and four and a half billion dollars in the box office that too is being rebooted by the way so really yeah go uh go back to that well 
one more time. But I want to know, gentlemen, I use that term loosely yet affectionately. I want to know what is on your list and why. And you get extra credit if you can give a basic outline of a plot, scenarios. You want to really get crazy, start throwing out potential actors or characters. The more detail, the better. It's not necessary, but nice. Connor, you are my guest, you are my friend, and I want you to go first, followed by Mr. Timmy Foster, and that I will give. And you can go in whatever order you see fit. You can lead up to the big one, or you can get it out of the way so Tim or I don't steal it. This is where we start using some strategery here, you know? Do I steal <laughs> a big one away for, from you two fine gentlemen, or do I go with one that I don't think anyone's going to pick but it's what I really want to see. If well, I if I may make a suggestion, go go obscure, go really go far off the rails. That would be great. We're like three nerds playing Risk in their mom's basement on a Friday night. So. <laughs> I wouldn't want to spend a Friday any other way other than with you gents. Um, Bring out the Mountain Dew. Let's go. I am. Uh, apologies in advance, because the first thing I want to see as a feature-length film, the attraction that has been referenced in other mediums, but not on the big screen, would be Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. On I my list. On my list. From a... I tried to approach this from a... What seems to have a good backstory, but also what's an attraction that has a backstory that I also want to know more about? Big Thunder Mountain was the one that that stood out to me right from the get-go. Uh, I referenced other mediums it was in. Uh, we had the Disney, uh, what were those called? Disney Adventure? The, the Marvel Disney Com Kingdoms? The Disney Kingdom. Kingdoms? Yeah, the comics. So it was a five-off series. Um, it was really, really interesting um, how it was. It, it was very based on Big Thunder Mountain, as that's what it was called. But um, I think there's more to unpack with this attraction uh whether it's we learn more about rainbow ridge the town in disney lands version of big thunder mountain or not, we learn rock, not rock ridge from blazing saddles but rainbow ridge i mean we could talk a lot about blazing saddles too we probably maybe not in 2021 yeah <laughs> we could you know dive in deep to tumbleweed which is the uh, town here in Orlando's uh, Big Thunder Mountain or Thunder Mesa out in Disneyland Paris. But there's a lot of interesting, uh, I guess you could say, similarities between the three, um, but also differences. So we know that, you know, there was this uh, gold was discovered by Barnabas T. Bouillon, who, if you're in Orlando, you can see a portrait of him in the queue and it's represented by one Tony Baxter. Of course, his likeness is used. Barnabas T. Bouillon, he came and he uh, uh, started the, 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 the mining company. Um, but in the Disneyland and Disneyland Paris versions, an earthquake happened. A tsunami happened in the Tokyo Disneyland version. A flash flood happened in the Walt Disney World version. And it left the uh, mine train and the mine cars and the town abandoned. Um, which is very interesting. But then this is a point that I don't think gets discussed often. Sometime later, the locomotives, they were found to be racing around the mountain on their own. 
almost like a, a, a ghost mine of sorts, um, which is interesting because it's not a scary ride. I only ever had fun on that ride. I've only ever smiled. But because of that, I think that that could be an interesting element to uh, uh, what it is. I'd love to hear, you know, Barnabas T. Bouillon, how he made himself, how he started this company. I'd love to hear about the townsfolk, about the miners, the people that work there. And then, of course, about, you know, the cataclysmic event that left the town abandoned. And then as we progress further down the line, why it was haunted and what was haunting it. Um, I think there's a lot of, of avenues it could go down, but that was why I had Big Thunder Mountain first on my list. I very much that's, had that's this. That's a round of applause. I Thanks. love that one. Thank I you. very much had this on my list for a variety of reasons, some of which you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Paris. It's the only uh, overseas park I have not been to, but from what I understand story-wise, there is more of a it is more of a spiritual version of yeah. the story in terms of evil spirits and possession and beyond just the gold that's buried in the ground. What I like about Big Thunder from a storytelling from a cinematic perspective is because all of these are rooted in this Native American legend of a cursed mountain. I love the idea of being able to bring in the cultural perspective of Native Americans into the story. Uh, I also love the idea of potentially, you know, none of us remember because we were, were too young when the Western was the big film genre of the 50s. I would love to sort of help this sort of bring back that genre to a younger audience as well. And this is one, we're going to hit ones that I actually think are going to be made and if I was a betting man, which I am, I would bet um, dinner at the boathouse, gentlemen, that Big Thunder Mountain is one of the ones that has a very high potential of getting made. Because not only did the Disney Kingdom's comic book extend that story out in some other directions with the daughter of the mine owner robbing the gold and all the disasters. I mean, you have this great spooky, spiritual, Native American disaster family story going on. But did you know that back in 2013, ABC actually ordered a Big Thunder Mountain TV series that was supposed to follow this Western mining town struck by disaster? Obviously, never got made, but I think this is one that no good idea ever dies. I would not be surprised if we don't see a Big Thunder Mountain film within five to seven years. So when they make the film, you're going to take Tim and I to the boathouse. Tim and I will take that bet. We'll take that bet. Done. Well, see, my only problem with that, you keep dangling that dinner at the boathouse thing. <laughs> and I, I feel like, why we'll bet it? Because I promise. Why, why, why should I wager? Because you're, you're giving I'm gonna it. I'm going to take you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Foster. But very cool. You, you yeah. are up next. I can't follow that. Come on now. Well, you have to, because this is your first one. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought I would do this. So, rather than rather than the the blockbuster action packed movie, and we I got some of those too, um, I'm going to turn the tables a little bit and go for the magic for the pixie dust on this end. So, and uh, this is a little off the rails. I'm going there already, but my <laughs> the first attraction. This is actually one of the first things that came to mind. 
Uh, my caveat in all of this is if I'm not aware of a made to made directed DVD VHS movie that was made in 1980 new in 89, forgive me. But uh, that being said, I'm going to journey into imagination. Yes. Mm. Oh, bring oh. It, brother. Oh, I was expecting so, something very super Timmy Foster Ray, Obscura. You know, you know, the, the funny part about this list, too. And again, I'm glad I read it right. And it wasn't movies we want to make to attractions because I was making that list. But you know how many attractions I thought of? And I'm like, that one, that would be great. Oh, no, wait a minute. That was a movie. Peter Pan's no, that is a movie. Yes. Like, <laughs> what, how, how awesome would Snow White's Scary Adventures be <laughs> as a movie? Oh, my. God. Oh, wait a minute. Green um, like that. Right. <laughs> But anyway, so so for imagination, I had a thought. I, I Lou, I was kind of script writing this out a little bit, and I was having a rough idea. Like you could open, like it, the the story could focus around. Oh, let's say three kids. You call them Larry, John, and Hermione. I, call them whatever you want. But um, now I will say when I when the script writers get to this, they will take extra care to make sure I just didn't rewrite. The Wizard of Oz or Harry Potter and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the idea would be so they're they're living in a town, going to a school, what have you. It's very dark, it's very gloomy. There's no imagination, there's no creativity left in the world. Why? We don't know. That's just the way it is. But let's say one day the kids, and maybe they've gotten punished for daring to sing or paint or something like that, but they they stumble upon a door. Let's say it's in a museum or at a school of this Dr. Dean Finder that no one's heard of for years. It's dusty, it's cobwebby. No one, no one's opened this door in decades, but they go in, snoop around, find out what he was. And maybe they, they find that hidden room that has this old dusty contraption. You fire it up. There's the dream catcher. They go off to the land of imagination. Everything takes that Wizard of Oz technicolor turn and becomes colorful and fun and whimsical. And there's figment. And then you have a whole story about how they bring imagination back to the world and creativity and so forth. And I'm thinking you would hearken back to the original version of imagination where we got into the arts and science and color and all that kind of stuff. And um, plenty of room for uh, little Easter egg asides, that disappearing butterfly, things like that. that people would see. Going, oh, wait, that's in the ride. I've seen that before. I know what that is. And uh, and who knows when the movie is a wild success and we make that sequel. Uh, maybe Eric Idle does a cameo in the next <laughs> one as a very old Dr. Nigel Channing, who remembers back in the day. Something along those lines anyway. But I think a, a movie like that could be that because every once in a while, generationally, you get that movie that really brings that imagination and creativity and spark to life, whether it is The Wizard of Oz or or pick a, pick any Disney movie or even that Harry Potter thing we all know and love. But um it's there's a lot of potential for that. And who doesn't love figment? I can't decide if he would be animated CGI or some guy in a in a suit. <laughs> Maybe not that last one, but it could be good. It could be very. So I got to tell you, Tim, I was ecstatic because without question, as I started writing my list, Journey into Imagination was number one. It, it oh, was wow. the first right. word I put down <laughs> on paper. 
I really thought you were going off on some wild tangential. Yeah, I, I thought I was too, but no, that's, not at all. Because I think, and I think you're right. And it sounds the the. I dig the fact that you thought this out a little bit. It actually reminded me a lot of the live action remake of The Sorcerer's Apprentice starring one. Ah, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. You see, it all comes around. But I think here, because this too has the comic book version, which did very, very well. The Figment comic book version with a a very reimagined Dreamfinder. So here, I think you can take inspiration from both the attraction as well as the comic. Uh, I thought of of one scenario where you're on a, this again, it's a very family-friendly film where you're on this journey to find imagination. Maybe the, the disgruntled dad who lost his imagination as he got older, the sort of that much like Believe on Disney Cruise Line. Nobody else can see Figment except him. In the end, he becomes the dream finder and he helps other kids and discovers and, you know, takes oh, full yeah. potential. Or, or, and or, you could also leverage the dream finder and Figment in sort of steampunk 1900s where Dreamfinder is an inventor. He works on that machine. He thinks mm-hmm. it's a time machine, but instead it brings imagination to life. Oh, the wacky adventures that will ensue from there. Um, I think it could also be like a weekly Disney Plus series. Yeah. Um, where you could make it, and I think you have to make it something that's accessible to both kids and adults. And look, I... I I think this is the perfect one. I also think this will be made because Figment is our mascot. He is recognizable. He is super popular. I think we are seeing in Epcot him coming back to not only being the mascot of the festivals, but that unofficial mascot of that park once again. And oh, by the way, he's also very merchandisable. So this is the (laughs) one. Yeah, Um, I think this is the one. Also, that very, very much has a good chance of happening. Well, the cool thing about it, too, is just by nature of what it is, journeying into imagination, however we got there. But the stories are endless. Yeah, That's the whole point. And that's you know, why it could, so, be, uh, you know. right, it could be this sort of uh, multi-film series. It could yeah, be. Today we're going to, you know. Right. Or something on Disney Plus. It could yep. be, the, you know, a great series on Disney Plus. Yeah. This was on my list as well, but I was I was thinking from it more of the Disney Kingdoms Avenue as well. Again, the steampunk sort of thing. Um, but I have two questions for you, Lou. What are, of that Disney Kingdoms, you know, uh, uh, Dreamfinder comic they had? What were your thoughts on Buff Dreamfinder? Because he seemed like he was working out a lot. And then two, what do you think, if anything at all, what would sort of a chicken and the egg situation would a dream finder figment you know show movie come before a new attraction which i think a lot of fans have wanted for quite a while or do you think it'd be the other way around so my feeling and this is only lou mangello as a figment dream finder the original incarnation fan I was and have been pretty much convinced in my own little imagination mind that after D23, are the last D23 Expo, I believe that an update to the Journey into Imagination attraction has been in the works and been on the drawing board. My belief was that in so as, so as to not take away 
from the magnitude of the announcements that were made at D23 Expo and to give a gift to the fans of Walt Disney World, I believe that they were going to announce, again, I'm guessing, hoping, wishing, dreaming, imagining, as it were, imagining that at at Destination D later on that year, the next year in Walt Disney World, that's when they were planning on announcing an update to Journey to Imagination. Why do I think that? One, because I desperately want one. Two, I think the handwriting is on the wall because if you look at the post-show area, it has not been given a lot of love or attention, save for some minor, you know, spit and polish over the last couple of years, which to me sounds the death knell for an attraction. So I think that plane was in flight. Kai, COVID happens. Everything gets pushed back. But I still believe in my little heart of hearts that that is going to happen. And it would really align nicely if they were able to introduce the attraction and a film not long thereafter with that updated Dreamfinder and Figment, because I don't think Dreamfinder is going to look like the jolly Dreamfinder from 1983. I think it's going to look a little bit different, probably closer to a comic book version. Played by Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, obviously. <laughs> I've done a Nick Cage impression on this show before. I'll do it again. Uh, I'm ready. At some I'm point, gonna, I think you're going to have to. And that point could be right now if you're feeling it. I'm in. I, I want to hear it. I'm going to find your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Here we go. Good night, everybody. Here we go. I'm done. You, <laughs> tip, you, tip your servers. I'll be here. That, was, that was great. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving on. So we can keep this uh, somewhat digestible. Very, very, very quickly behind Journey to Imagination, I scribbled down three additional words and it was not journey into imagination but carousel of progress because i think so and 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 immediately my mind went to this combination of quantum leap meets sliders remember sliders with jerry o'connell like the same kid from stand by me an amazing movie stephen king by the way (laughs) one of my all-time favorites you got Sliders with Jerry O'Connell meets Quantum Leap uh, in terms of this family. It's a family story journeying through time. Maybe a little Land of the Lost action going on there, like Marshall, Will, and Holly, Holly on a routine mm-hmm. expedition met the greatest earthquake ever known anyway. But it could be this family going back in time and you know living in that time without messing up the timeline. You're like, you're not bringing your iPhone back to the 1920s. Um, I I think there's a lot of fun storytelling potential for a carousel of progress, family adventure. Also starring Nicholas Cage. Cage as uh, on progress. You know, it's funny. I I was speaking with my mother who says hello, by the way, but I, I posed this question to her and she said, that ride, the the one I like, American Adventure. No, no, no. The in the space in the space thing. And I finally Carousel of Progress. She had thrown that out there. So, wow, She's a wise woman. She is a wise woman. Just think of the merchandising. They could bring back a special <laughs> a special edition of sarsaparilla root Ooh. beer. Or something. Right? Would Uncle Orville be in the bathtub the entire film? Or more importantly, do we find out what happened <laughs> to the missing sister? That's a yes. Good. Yeah, that's yes. the greatest mystery well, she, of all. 
She got and now you have the answer. She got stuck in the quantum realm somewhere, uh-huh. going back and forth. Oh, right. Oh yeah. Wow. Carousel wow. of Progress. You know the search for the lost sister. Carousel of Progress too. The possibility. <laughs> so I'm assuming this was not on either of your lists. No, but that I love that one. That's a great one. It's not, but I would watch it. I would watch. <laughs> that means anything. All right, Connor, back. Depends on who's playing the system. So my the one that gets lost, I guess it doesn't matter. So (laughs) my uh, next one is. It's tough because it's already been done. But I don't believe it was given the treatment that it deserves. We all were all saying the words in our minds. Just go ahead. Haunted Mansion. Yeah. We did have the film with Eddie Murphy. Um, it was not good. That might <laughs> be a hot being, take. That's being generous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I confess I actually enjoyed it a little well, bit. But, then uh, but I understand. I understand. I understand. I think just because of, again, when I, when I was thinking about these, I was thinking of backstory and I was thinking of attractions that I wanted to learn more about the backstory. And when I saw the Eddie Murphy film, I felt like, there was a little bit of that there, but it wasn't what what I wanted. It was it was obviously much more economy, uh, comedy. I think the the haunted mansion that I want, um, I don't know if it could just be a, a a feature film. I think it might be a Disney Plus sort of series. But I want to know more about the people that live in the mansion. I want to know more about Constance Hatchaway and and you know. Her husbands that all mysteriously died, and we know how. Um, Melanie Ravenswood, who who is who is uh, a Phantom Manor uh, uh, out in Disneyland Paris. Uh, more about her and 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 how she became a ghost. Uh, Madame Leota, the groundskeeper, Master Gracie, Hatbox Ghost, Stretching Room Portraits, and of course, how did Gus, Ezra, and Phineas? The hitchhiking ghosts. How did they all get paired together? What was that backstory? And I think that the more that I talk this through, the more it it has to be a Disney Plus series about you know, it's almost like I'm thinking in my head like behind the music. What is behind the music for each person that inhabits uh, the haunted mansion? And hey, maybe you could have nine hundred and ninety nine episodes. Um, maybe one I'm more. In. Someday. That's called a cash cow in the business, by the way. And I did mansion legends. That's that would be very cool. And I I think this is definitely coming. Um in the past, I know in 2010 at San Diego Comic Con, Guillermo del Toro, who is the biggest haunted mansion fan I've ever seen. There's a video on uh YouTube where he shows people his house and his dining room is like an exact replica of the dining room scene in the Haunted Mansion. He has all of these props. It's incredible. In 2010 at San Diego Comic-Con, he actually showed a teaser for a Haunted Mansion film um, that he was producing. Uh, um, and you could hear the ghost host. I know in recent years, he had a script written and, and um, Ryan Gosling was tied to it. Those fell off the table. I think there's another script being passed around that's in development. Um, but I just wish that we could get a, a 
a, a film or a series or what have you that gives this attraction the credit that, that it deserves as one of the most beloved tra- attractions ever created in a Disney theme park. Very much on my list. And Connor, I'd almost call it the curse of the haunted mansion because it does seem to have this weird curse attached to it. And look, I had very high hopes for the Eddie Murphy version. I love Eddie Murphy um, as a comedian and I loved him past tense as an actor. But again, that Guillermo del Toro version seemed like that plane was very much in flight. And then all of a sudden he starts to drift from the project. Then, at some point, simultaneously, there was the, the Kate Dippel screenplay that was going around. That, too, you know, which was supposedly going to have a little bit more of a comedic as opposed to Del Toro's probably very, very, very dark <laughs> interpretation yeah. of it. Um, that, too, looked like it started to head down the right path and then things just sort of disappear. And we don't know why. We don't know why you know, the right, the good Haunted Mansion movie, which, speaking of cash cows, would be why that that cannot seem to get made. I think they're just waiting for the perfect script, which I know sounds crazy because it will probably never come. But when you have an attraction that has already had a film, that has had a video game about it, that has had comic books and and books and and other things written about the backstory and cast members telling the backstory of it. And so much is known about the backstory of this attraction. It has to be really perfect in order to, you know, have everyone's expectations met with, with what it is because the Honda mansion for a lot of people, it's very personal. Mm-hmm. So I think that Disney's cautious about, about all of that. Yeah, I think you, you could go all the way back to the LP record with little Ronnie Howard on it. That's your script. Yeah. Not that not that I remember it. But, but. I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, but that's how far about, back it goes. You know? Right. We're talking. I mean, no, I mean, but the idea of developing this as a as a film went back to, to 2008. And now we're talking, you know, we're, we're in 2021. At one point, they actually talked about releasing it direct to Netflix, not even which is fine, but not. I mean, this was obviously pre Disney Plus, but there always seems to be something going on in in development that that does not allow this to get made. Because I I agree with you, it, it makes perfect sense too. Because it is an IP that Disney owns completely. It's not like they had to worry about waiting to acquire anything like in the Marvel or Star Wars universe. So uh, this too, I, I agree, uh, Connor is is one that is, is is destined to get made. I love. I wonder if uh, making the writing the script would present the same challenges they had when just creating the haunted mansion in the first place. Do you, do you go scary or do you go funny and weird? And I guess the perfect script would be the mix of both, you know, and maybe that's why, like I said, I, I do have a little soft spot in my art for the haunted mansion movie, but I, I, I would venture to say it's probably because I just willed myself into wanting it to work so mm-hmm. bad, you know, that I just took it and went, okay, yep, I liked it. But yeah, um, kind of like the last six Star Wars films. Anyway, it doesn't, whatever. Oh, <laughs> oh wow, hater. Jeez. 
Sorry. You had to go. Sorry. <laughs> so you're going to say, I'd like to see Rise of the Resistance made into, you know, a good film. Is that what you're going to say? that what you're going to do? No, I love The Mandalorian. Let's uh, move on before, wow. before I get angry. Star. I, I only kid. I'm, I just I love the original trilogy. Um, right, right. Tim Foster, I've never asked you to rescue me before, but I'm asking you now. Uh, uh, here, I got one. It's, so this was, um, I'm, I'm up. You guys might be able to piggyback on this one. I'm kind of counting on it that you would. So I was thinking of an attraction over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And I thought I'd stay away from the obvious one. And I went to Cali River Rapids as the choice. Wow. Yes. Um, Because, I mean, it can be that rip roaring adventure that we would all expect from it. Cali River Rapids, of course, has a, a backstory, which like you talked about with Big Thunder Mountain and certainly with Haunted Mansion definitely helps. And, uh, you know, it could be a whole, you know, a journey kind of a movie. And uh, you can even start on the uh, maybe it's subtly, subtly notated as such the oh, this is the Maharaja Jungle Track. Yeah, that takes us there. Oh, really? And us Disney fans will go. Yeah, I see what you did there. But, um, you know, you could you could have a whole the. Just elaborate on the whole story of Cali River Rapids of uh, the the conservation aspect. And, you know, the, the villain in this case could be, you know, the logging company or what have you. And that's the race to save the, the rainforest and so on and so on. Um, I was thinking, though, um, as far as making a sequel, this is where I'm hoping one of you guys will pick this up. I'm envisioning about, oh, let's say a third of the way through the movie or so where they're they're having adventures. They're making their way. They haven't gotten there yet. Oh, oh by the way, I think this very much could star Nicolas Cage. <laughs> you know, the rabbits, the waterfalls. What's going on? You know, yeah, to say those trees. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so now imagine Nicolas Cage and, and whoever he's with, uh, they get to like a fork, a fork in the road in the jungle. And they're trying to figure out which way to go. And they're looking down one way. You look the other way. And off in the distance, you see this snowy peak. Looks like Everest. You hear this distant howl. And everybody looks at each other and just kind of goes, next time. There's your sequel right there. To which one of you picks it up and says, speaking of which. Speaking of which, since I go next, I am going. I am going to somewhat piggyback, but not on not the way I not the way you envision. I did not expect that. I think that's a great pull, Tim. I think Cali River Rapids is a great pull because it is um, it is a perfect Tim Foster, somewhat obscure. You could have Philhar Magic water jets installed in the theaters (laughs) for that 4D experience. Do you did you know? That originally George Lucas almost insisted on having water jets inside of Star Tours. (laughs) I for what part? (laughs) Yeah, right. And and they're like, George, you can't, man. It's like, forget just the fact that you're going (laughs) to wet all the guests, but it's going to be damp and moist and hot and humid and clean and electricity and get. Not so we're going to do something a little bit different, but yeah. So he, um, he originally wanted that in star tours. How about the waterfall in Naboo? Like what scene would that have made any sense? Well, the, some of the early ideas for where they were, were going to go did not necessarily have it, uh, um, be where it ended up 
kept going. So that that's a separate conversation for a separate day. Because I am going as <laughs> I am so on the opposite end of Star Tours, but I am going to a certain degree piggyback on something we've already discussed. <clears throat> and I think that this is dare I say, dare, dare, dare. the perfect attraction. And the perfect attraction for a movie or even a movie franchise. And I'm going to reveal my reveal without saying a word. Mm -hmm. Prince Charming Regal Carousel. We get it. <laughs> that, as you know, is the Danny Elfman score from Mystic Manor in Hong Kong. I think Mystic Manor is the perfect blend of the lighthearted fantasy yet still being able to touch on some of the mystic afterlife. It's inspired by elements of the Haunted Mansion. There's actually you, like there's a there's changing portraits in there and there's busts in a conservatory. But you are able to finally start to introduce the story of the society of explorers and adventurers, which, you know, started in places like Tokyo Disney Sea is now carried everywhere. We've talked about this on past show, but you've got these incredible characters like Lord Henry Mystic, his little monkey Albert <coughs> merchandising, and this enchanted music box that brings everything in the house to life. Um, I think the possibilities for the storytelling in terms of their origin story and the adventures of, of it ha, it's it's part Indiana Jones, it's part lighthearted comedy, it's part haunted mansion. Um, I, I think there is is huge huge options, and it can be the film that lays the groundwork for the introduction of a series of movies about the society of explorers and adventurers, whether it be Lord Henry Mystic or some of the other members and some of their wild and wacky adventures that also led to attractions like Tower of Terror in Tokyo. I love it. This this was a big one on my list. Um, I think a couple months ago, there were rumors going around of a, a, a project in the works for C for the Society of Adventurers and ex mm -hmm. uh, of Explorers and Adventurers, and hopefully it is true, you know, because I talked about Constance Hatchaway before in Haunted Mansion. Well, when you're going through, um, one of her husbands is George Hightower, and George Hightower is portrayed by the great Joe Rohde. And if you go out to uh, uh, Tokyo Disneyland, their Tower Terror. Is 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 Harrison Hightower is related to George Hightower in that regard. Melanie Ravenswood was born to Henry Ravenswood and Martha Ravenswood. Those two, two uh, latter ones formed Big Thunder Mountain out in Disneyland Paris, and their daughter, of course, is the ghost and and in uh, Phantom Manor. I said Barnabas T. Bouillon, Lord Henry Mystic, and the new one we just heard about, Doctor Alberta Falls, which is coming to the Jungle Cruise, and the list goes on and on and on. I believe um, uh, uh, Meriwether Pleasure is also mm -hmm. a member of C 
the namesake of the former Pleasure Island at what was used to be downtown Disney. I think it's coming, man. I think the SEA is not only going to have a huge presence in the Disney parks, but I agree that it's going to have a presence on screen as well. Love it. So, uh, excellent. Connor, we are back to you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is one I'm almost positive you both won't have. Uh-oh. Um, at least I, I, I would be very surprised if you do. And this, my friends, is a biopic. This is a biopic about my favorite entertainer in all of the planets, Sunny Eclipse. Wow. We wow. want the Sunny Eclipse movie. We need the Sunny Eclipse movie. You give us the Sunny Eclipse movie. Of course, we know him as the lounge lizard, the crooner at Cosmic Rays. He's from you, Nork, on the planet, Zork, and he's awesome. I I love Sunny Eclipse. I've been asked on numerous occasions um, to get out, either buy something or get out just because I just stare. Um, it causes a lot of issues for most of the families around me. They think I'm pretty creepy, rightly so, but... I, I love it. I love his quips. I love everything. But I think this could be really, really, really cool because we all know the story about how he lost his backup singers during a gig on Mars. And then he met the invisible space angels who have accompanied him ever since. We all, we, we all know that story, right? <laughs> but I want to know more about that. I want to know more about the space angels, his backup singers. How did he meet Cosmic Ray? How did he come here? Um, and I think that this could be a really cool sort of in the style of Dream Girls, Ray, Walk the Line, right? <laughs> Maybe a little gritty. I don't know. Sunny Eclipse, you know, he came from the bottom now. Now he's here, of course. And I also think about that scene in Goodfellas when Ray Liotta's walking through the, through the kitchen and they bring out a table. And I'm just like, Sunny should be up there singing, singing to Ray and his, and his lady, you know? Um, I just think that that would be, would be so cool and, um, how they would do it. I don't know. It it could definitely be, um, a Jim Henson sort of thing with, with big puppets, <laughs> you know? um, but I just give me more sunny for the love wow. of love of feet. Give me more sunny. Right. I feel like he's I feel like he's had a hard life and we need to know. We yeah. need to know. <laughs> He the just pain, drops the, to the floor. Where does he go? What's the, down there? The pain behind the artistry. Ah. You know? There's, yeah. It's like Jack Klugman <laughs> with his trumpet in Twilight Zone. It, there's a lot of possibilities you can go. Uh, and you're right. Not on either of our lists. But I didn't say he wasn't on my list. Very creative. Uh, very creative. Pull. He wasn't He wasn't on my list. No, I didn't think so. Uh, and all course, right, Timmy Foster. Nicholas Cage will be playing Sonny Eclipse. Absolutely. <laughs> Nick's getting a lot of love here. I don't think Nicholas Cage will be in this next. All right, this one's tough. And I, I'm going to throw out. <laughs> hey, Lou, guess what? I'm going to throw out a caveat here. I never do this. I never do this. But um, no, I mean, the, the, this movie might have been made before, but I still think the movie still needs to be made, just like you mentioned with the Haunted Mansion. So uh, kind of obscure attraction to do, but I think, you know, clearly it makes sense. Uh, 
One Man's Dream slash Walt Disney Presents hmm. to be a film. And, and clearly what I'm getting at is this would be the the biopic for Walt Disney. That being said, I some there have been others, but um, I'm thinking and, and you know, for all I know, and you guys might inform me of this, whether there are any in the works, but um, I loved saving Mr. Banks. Um, and actually, I could I'm both both parts were fabulous. But the more I watch it, the more I keep fast forwarding to get to the Sherman Brothers and Tom Hanks and all that stuff. So um, I would love to see that. And I, I say this going through one man's dream. I'm always, always um, really taken by the film at the end, no matter how many times I see it. And uh, I'm I'm openly weeping by the end. I don't know why, but I am. Um, but that's just the short version of it. And I think, um, again, we've had bios done in the past. I, actually, I was trying to research to see if there were any. And I saw one that was made not too long ago, but I never heard it. For all I can tell, it just went straight to it was on TV or something. But um, I think a big budget definitive and not just the early years, which has been done, but all the way through. Let's let everybody see how animation came to be, how the parks came to be. And for the same reason, I'd like to tell everybody you must if you're going to Disney. And you're new, especially if you're young, I think it's a prerequisite. It's required that you go to the Walt Disney Presents exhibit and go through it. Lest you think like too many people do that Walt Disney wasn't actually a real person. And I think um, having people see that who might not be as up on the story as we all are, the diehard fans would really be enlightening. And like I say, this isn't just a story of a man and what he did, which is incredible in of itself. But this is a story of just how animation came to be as a thing, the whole thing, you know, and how parks came to be all of this. And I think it would be um, I would definitely watch it. And like I said, for all I know, there, there may be plans in the works for something like this. But um, I've wanted to see that for a long time, and I can't get enough of the 15 minute film that I see at the parks. So. Of course, the film at the end of One Man's Dream that Tim is talking about that he yeah. cried about was the preview for The Good Dinosaur. I know we all cried. <laughs> <at that. laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not- you know, this is uh, Tim. I, I like this one because it obviously it, it hits on. A, an emotional, a sentimental level. And there, there have been other films, other attempts at, at films. Uh, there was actually a, a 2015 film called Walt Before Mickey. Before Mickey uh, yeah, and I saw it. It actually yeah. starred Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite as Dynamite. Roy. Yeah. <laughs> so, and um, I saw that, but that only dealt with, well, Walt Before Mickey. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I also saw there was, a, there was a movie, Walt, The Man Behind the Myth, which... I frankly hadn't heard of, and I don't know. It, it got one star, but you know, there's Ooh. actually um, an yeah. outstanding um, series on PBS uh, mm. called Walt Disney and American Experience, mm. which came out in in 2017. I believe you can still find that uh, possibly on the PBS website or app. Very, very, very well done um, production, but not something that was a full blown theatrical release because um, I think you know you're trying to tell Walt Disney story there's a lot of 
ways to do it. I think there's a lot of pressure on doing that. Mm-hmm. I thought Tom Hanks was a phenomenal Walt Disney, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, see, seeing that kind of really made me want more because I know at the time there was a big deal that hadn't been done before. He was the first, you know, and 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 again, I loved it. It was me. It was it was so much for me, a fan seeing all of this that I've read about and heard about, but seeing it before, you know, come to light before my eyes. And, you know, it was really, really. And the Sherman brothers and everything, you know, it was great. So. I in, in all the years we've done top 10, Tim's, I don't think I've actually kept record of how many. So that brings us to nine. Having a third here like makes it interesting. I, that, that This is I'm going to bring us to nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I, I was bring, done at three. So I'm I bring us to nine. Getting... And then I want the three of us to agree on number 10. And then I'll go through my 77 honorable <laughs> mentions. Um, I, I'm, I'm struggling with. Which which on my list I want to be on my list, um, and and I'm really sort of uh, I'm struggling with this. Um, you know what? I am going to I'm going to not pick the one that I had chronologically on my list and sort of just the way that my brain dumped them out. But I'm going to mention one that's on my list that was there was again, there was talk of being made a number of times. And I'm also doing this for a personal reason, not just because I love this thing, this place, but for somebody else, because I want somebody else to get this and I want him to have this because I love and respect and care for this person a lot. I want there to be a Magic Kingdom movie. I have no idea what it's about, but what I would love to see in the person that I love and respect, Ridley Pearson's Kingdom Keepers series of books, I think, and I know that there's been talk uh, with Ridley, by Ridley, about Ridley, about having a Kingdom Keepers sort of Magic Kingdom type adventure that could certainly go to all the other parks and these, these kids who are on this incredible adventure when the parks come to life and there's the familiar villains. I mean, if you've never read the Kingdom Keeper series of books, they're great for both kids and adults. Uh, this is one that there was talks of being made. If you go back to 2012, there was an announcement that there was going to be a film of this name that was going to be sort of night at the museum in Disneyland. And it was going to be helmed by one John Favreau. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, I love John Favreau. I want to be friends with, he doesn't know I want to be friends with John Favreau so bad. I love everything that he does. I loved him in Rudy. I still cry whenever I see it. I loved Chef and he is, I think, just brilliant on so many levels. And if there's the movie to be made, I think it is to be made by John Favreau, um, maybe helping to make the Ridley Pearson Kingdom Keepers books uh i think it's the perfect marriage i think there's great opportunity for extensions beyond the movies not because they're based on the books but in terms of interactive gaming in the parks ar vr uh, lots of stuff you can do with the characters and the scenarios going forward so uh magic kingdom movie is the one on my list now let's see if we can agree on one for a tenth either 
other ones you might have on your list as honorable mentions. We can see if there's any alignment in our list there. Uh, Tim, I'm assuming you have nothing left in the can. So this I, is probably- I had I had one weird honorable mention one. Go ahead. Not weird, but <laughs> I, I, I know Countdown to Extinction was renamed mm-hmm. to base itself off of a movie, but I, I would dare say nobody remembers that movie. And I only saw it once and don't remember it. So I say, let's make a dinosaur movie that actually follows the plot of the attraction, which is a lot of fun. I recognize there's another I think there's another dinosaur franchise out there somewhere, <laughs> but we can make this different. We have the tools we've the imagination. And what that other dinosaur franchise cannot offer is a cameo by Chester and Hester. So, <laughs> Dr. That Grant. Was only, that, that was only, and Grand Seeker. That was the only, and Felicia Rashad. <laughs> that was the last one on my list. So. I, um, Lou, I, I had a, a Kingdom Keeper sort of thing as well. And I know actually just a, a couple of years ago, Kevin Smith of Jay and Silent Bob fame, he wrote a treatment for Disney Plus for the Kingdom Keepers. Um, so I love that pick. But I'll say a couple a couple honorable mentions that I had. Um, Jock Lindsay's, I think, an incredibly <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. minor character in the Indiana Jones uh, uh, films. But when you walk into Jock Lindsay's hangar bar in down in Disney Springs in 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 Orlando, you know that his life is anything but a minor character. So I think that that could be really, really cool to hear all about that. Uh, I know Tim was alluding to it a little bit. Expedition Everest. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, waiting for yeah. somebody. One of my favorite books of all time is Into Thin Air. It's incredible. It's all about climbing Mount Everest. I think it could be a lot of like that. But of course, with a Yeti influence uh, uh, lurking in the background, um, I think that could be really, really cool. Uh, let's throw it all the way back. Kilimanjaro safaris. Yes. Big red and little red. They're back. <laughs> yep. We're going to the to the Harambe Wildlife Preserve and we're we're saving them. But this is what I'm gonna throw in as my pick. And it's kind of a go with me here. And it it, it won't be a feature film. Uh, it won't have actors or anything. It'll it'll be a docu-series. And we've had the Imagineering story. I know uh, uh, Lou has 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 gotten to screen some of the uh, 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 behind the attraction. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I know um, we have the magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is incredible on Disney Plus. But I think what we need is the magic of Disney's other parks. And what this would be is the magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Of course, it it dives into the the animal caretakers at Animal Kingdom and the seas over in Epcot. Um, But what I would love is behind the scenes, and they would never do this because there's a lot of magic that gets taken away. I myself am a former cast member, so I know how it works. But I would love to just explore the daily operations of the other theme parks around the world. I know we've gotten a day in the life, those shorts on Disney+. Plus cover any you know department in the company but i think there's so much more and i think that they could focus more on the theme parks and of course have a longer sort of episode style um and that's just me wanting more parks content 
um, out there in the universe. So I dig that. Um, and I want to quickly touch on all the ones that you mentioned because all of them were on my list. Um, dinosaur, I had this, you know, Land of the Lost. That's my yes. Slee Stack impression. You Land like of Land of the Lost. I love Land of the Lost. I love the Slee Stacks. Um, yes. Land of the Lost meets that other franchise. Dr. Marsh mm. is actually the villain. Plot twist. Spoiler Whoa. alert. Oh, right? Yes. Like right? She's, she's the like villain. Uh, Kilimanjaro Safari, I also had on my list. You've got a great message of conservation, but in an entertaining way. It's an adventure story like Jumanji, but it's grounded in real life. And it obviously has to star The Rock because we haven't mentioned him enough. <laughs> um, I think number 10 has to be Expedition Everest, though. I think Expedition yeah. Everest. I mm -hmm. envision Expedition Everest. My treatment is the Swiss family Robinson in Tibet. Um, this family is on a quest to scale this nearly insurmountable peak together and they face the dangers of the mountain, the, the cold and the exhaustion and the avalanches and the crevasses and no Dunkin' Donuts within 3,000 miles. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, it also happens to be the Forbidden Mountain and there's yep. going to be a Yeti, not a disco Yeti, but one that actually moves on this mountain that's going to add that additional element of action and adventure and excitement and, and playful danger. So I think, uh, I think Everest is number 10 on the list. Um, can, very, we, can we give, can we give John Ratzenberger an on-screen cameo to potentially lemon snow cones? In yes. Well? <laughs> yes. Maybe it's monsters, monsters, Inc. three, the revenge of the Yeti. And it takes place on Everest. <laughs> Um, I do want to quickly mention a couple of honorable mentions that I had on my list, one of which may very well already be in production because this is a film that was thrown around for a, a number of years and a number of different times um, going back to Max Landis, who you're like, Landis, Landis, I know that name. Yeah, the son of John Landis, who wrote, you know, Chronicle and, and a number of other, other films. He was working on a Space Mountain film uh, mm. a number of years ago. Uh, supposedly now there's another Space Mountain film that is in production by Joby Harold, who wrote um, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, and is is uh, also working on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series for Disney+. Plus. There is no real story of Space Mountain, which I think leaves it wide open to great interpretation and, and great potential. Uh, maybe this you know, space adventure where this family is looking for a new home, like Battlestar Galactica, but a Disney, ver I'm a huge Battlestar Galactica fan. So, um, <laughs> you know, the, this, the story of the, the future or, or the past future space mountain is one that I had on my list. Um, we mentioned tower of terror and, and now we know that Scarlett Johansson's going to do it. I, before I had even seen that, I had thought about a, a tower of terror based on, the Tokyo Disney Sea version, which is obviously not based on the Twilight Zone, is a great, beautiful, amazing backstory that's there. Uh, and the last two that I have, one of them is, is it's not a cheat, but I love this attraction. I love the music. I think it is one of the best theme songs in any Disney park anywhere. My apologies to Richard and Robert Sherman. 
But Sinbad's storybook voyage in Tokyo Disney Sea takes that story of Sinbad and makes it into this playful, family-friendly, small-world type dark ride, which I think could be a great Disney animated film. It could be a Disney Plus series. Um, it would be a great sort of introduction, especially to domestic audiences, to that attraction in Tokyo, which would, which I think could be an attractor. And I'm saving my final... It's a go with me here, but it's one that, again, I would love to possibly see if I could flush out the idea myself. Epcot the movie. I was jokingly going to say that. <laughs> Epcot the movie. Um, I love let, let's sort of forget about, look, and I had high hopes for Brad Bird's Tomorrowland and, and what that could have been. Oh, we all but, did. We all did. But it is this sort of idea of this, you know, working version of Tomorrowland, this 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 city of the future, this utopian ideal of what this city of the future could be like. I don't have plot points and ideas and what it could be, but what better tribute to Walt Disney could there be that if Epcot, his vision couldn't come to life in, in three dimensions in a park, maybe it could somehow be realized in a part fiction, part nonfiction story on the big screen. So uh, I, I will leave you with Epcot, the movie. Nice. And then I can't wait. Once that project gets greenlit and becomes a big hit, we get Epcot, the movie, the ride. <laughs> no, then you get musical, Epcot, the musical, oh, the I want Epcot this, <laughs> How about Epcot, the, the village we can live in like we were supposed to? No, it's, it's like Spaceballs. Epcot, the lunchbox. Epcot, <laughs> the cereal. Epcot, the flamethrower. The kids love it. So. Oh. oh, Star Wars, you bust them. It's Spaceballs, that's fine. That's Spaceballs fine. is, listen, it, it's a, it is a classic. I love me some Mel Brooks, but I want to know from you, our friend who has been sitting here with us listening, what attraction did we miss? Did we leave off the list because we did try to keep it to a top 10? What attraction do you think should absolutely be made into its own movie? If you have an idea, if you've got the concept, the characters, the actors, whatever it might be, I would love to know. There's a few ways you could do it. If you want to be heard on the air, I will play your idea by, if you call the voicemail at 407-900-9391, that's 407-900-WDW1. You can also come and discuss this over in the WW Radio Clubhouse. That is our group over on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. You can also email me, Lou, at www.radio.com. And then... After you're done doing that, you have not one, but two different people and places and things that you need to go and see. Connor Brown, please tell people where they can find you and why. And then Tim Foster, it's all you, brother. Thank you, sir. You know what? I had a blast doing this. I've listened to the top tens for a while, so it was an honor to join you guys here today. For me, if you want to hear more from me, you can go over to WDWOpinion.com or you can search for WDW Opinion wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm a former cast member, like Lou said, um, so we talk all sorts of Disney stuff over there and we'd love to have you listen or, you know, step over to the website as well. And Don't you have a book too? I do have a book. I do have a book from Yacht Club to Diamond Mine. 
It's all about my journey working in Walt Disney World on the Disney College program. I work behind the desk, the front desk at the Yacht and Beach Club Resorts. And then I also worked in the place where a million diamonds shine, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in Magic Kingdom. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you can uh, uh, head over to www.opinion.com to learn more about it, or you can search for Yacht Club to Diamond Mine on Amazon to get the book as well. And find you on the Tiki Talks too. Go find you over on the Tiki. Hit me up on the talk. Yep, <laughs> I, I'm I'm checking out the TikTok. I love the I love the Yacht Club. I still remember when I first learned about the faux elevator. I was so scared. My daughter has nightmares to this day. I kid you not. I don't know why. But hey, Lou, in Celebrations Land, guess what we got going on? You've got lots of stuff going on. You've got books and magazines <laughs> and, and special events. All kinds of things happening. We got well, first thing we got is the pin, and I'm not sure when this show will air, but it's Pride Month this month. But you know, it's Pride Month all year long for us. So we, we actually made a special uh WDW Cupcakes Pride pin, and we are donating all of the proceeds from that pin to the human rights campaign. So it's for a great cause. We'd love for you to check it out. Um, again, we're gonna keep it up for sale long after uh Pride Month is over. Uh, speaking of Celebrations Magazine, we also got a special offer running right now. And I think I sent you a link for this, loose, so you can share it with everybody. But um, if you subscribe to Celebrations, which will start with the fall issue, which is going to be all about the 50th anniversary of Magic Kingdom, um, we're also going to send you for free our summer issue, which is all about Epcot, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, and all the goodness coming there. So lots of good stuff in the works. And we also... I might have mentioned this before, are just starting to work on our 50th anniversary super deluxe collectible coffee table book that will be out in the fall. Details to follow. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I, love I don't sleep much these days. That's the so. way you listen, brother. You you got to hustle. So I yeah. dig it. Listen, I dig both of you guys. I love and appreciate you and all the stuff that you do. I appreciate you sharing your very interesting, very creative lists with us this week. We will certainly have to do this again soon. What? All right, wait. Last question. What attraction theme song do you think would be the best one to pull over sort of that for, for a theme song in a movie or TV show? Any song Sunny Eclipse has ever sang in his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I was trying to think of a way to make It's a Small World into a movie, but I couldn't quite come up with a film treatment. We'll just stick with the theme song looping ad infinitum as you walk out. Of it. So it's a horror film is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I said nothing of the kind, my friend. Listen, I think, again, with all due respect to the show, I think Compass of Your Heart is without question one of if not the most beautiful attraction theme songs ever when you were describing that ride the only thing i could think about was sinbad has to play sinbad right <laughs> bring him back maybe <laughs> bring him back <laughs> wait what's the, what's the movie that sinbad was uh the, the mandela effect of of uh, Shazam. He was supposed to the Mandela effect of Sinbad Shazam, the movie that we all remember but oh. never actually was ever made. Well, no, it it was made, but it, was it not Shaquille O'Neal? 
See? You know what? See? <laughs> go ahead. Go Google it for a while. I'll see you in a couple hours. Anyway, gentlemen, I love and appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. We need a Nicolas Cage on the road. I had an honor joining you fellows here tonight. Yes. time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see, hear, taste, or even remember. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So in honor of this week being July 4th and American Independence Day, I thought I'd ask you a question specifically about not just America, but the true American adventure in Epcot Center. And last week I said that when the American adventure was being developed, in addition to Ben Franklin and Mark Twain, there was actually going to be plans for a third host. And I wanted you to tell me who that third host was going to be. First, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that the answer was... Will Rogers. Now, you might even be saying, who is Will Rogers? I don't mean William Buck Rogers, but I mean Will Rogers, the actor, the cowboy, the columnist, social commentator. He was many things, including actually being a Cherokee citizen born in the Cherokee Nation Indian Territory. He was actually known as the Cherokee Kid in his early career. And the original idea was that Ben Franklin would represent the 18th century. Mark Twain would be the 19th century, and Will Rogers would sort of be the commentator and spokesperson for the 20th century. Imagineer Randy Bright, who was the show producer and the writer for American Adventure, was actually a big fan of Will Rogers and wanted him to represent the 20th century. But when they ran this idea past a group of political science college students, only about five of them who knew Will Rogers was. So there was a learning opportunity there and they decided to wait and then maybe possibly later on bring somebody more contemporary into that role. But obviously, as of now, it remains Ben Franklin and Mark Twain. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. And again, last week you were playing for a WW Radio pin and keychain and a surprise bonus gift as well. And last week's winner, randomly selected is... Rosenda Velez. So, Rosenda, congratulations. You use the form. I have your mailing address. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, this week, I want you to simply tell me where in Walt Disney World you can or could have heard this quote We're always in a hurry, we have no time to stall. 
We've got to be there, but where we can recall. That's it. Tell me where you can or could have heard this quote from my Walt Disney World show or attraction. You have until Sunday, July 11th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast link, use the form there, and once again, this week you're going to be playing for an exclusive WW Radio pin and keychain, and why not, I'll throw in another bonus prize as well. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Don't forget to share your thoughts on what attraction needs to be a movie in the WW Radio Clubhouse group on Facebook. Be part of the community and conversation there. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. Call the voicemail with a question, a comment, or a hello from the parks at 407-900-9391. That's 407 900 WDW1. Please come be part of our Christmas in July pin exchange by going to wdwradio.com slash magicmail2021. Sign up by July 7th. It's a great way to meet and connect with a new friend in the WW Radio community. Join our spoiler support group on Facebook at wdwradio.com slash spoilers to talk all things spoilers, including and especially Loki. And of course, as much as I love connecting with you online and nothing beats a handshake and a hug. So go to wdwradio.com slash events Find out about upcoming events, including our next Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World, Sunday, July 25th at 11 a.m. in Disney Springs, our Marvel Day at Sea Cruise, February 5th, June 20th, four-night inaugural on the Disney Wish, and our very merry time cruise on the Disney Wish, December 5th, 2022. Again, www.radio.com slash events. Speaking of traveling anywhere, whether it be Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Aulani, Disney Cruise Line, or anywhere on the planet, Please go and visit mousefantravel.com for the best possible prices, all available discounts, more importantly, an incredible level of personal service that is their hallmark. Also, save the date, November 13th and 14th, 2021. My Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World is returning, limited to just 50 entrepreneurs. It's a great way to be inspired, to learn, to connect, and really move the needle over a weekend that I promise will make a positive difference. To learn more, visit lumangelo.com. Huge thanks to members of the WW Radio Nation, including Kerry Lee, Jessica Ferry, Katie and Shannon, Ashley Bear, and Kim Bulware to find out how you can not only help the show for as little as a dollar a month, but get exclusive rewards every month, including monthly scavenger hunts, trivia quests, live video group calls, care packages from Walt Disney World, and more. Visit www.radio.com support. If there's some way that I can help you turn what you love into what you do with one-on-one mentoring, group coaching, or coming to speak to your business, your conference, or your school, you can visit lumangelo.com. And finally, my friend, you are my friend. Whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Share a link to this or your favorite episode on social. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Carly Ray W who says the podcast is amazing I love all the speakers learning more about Disney it's just the right amount of Disney I need to get by for the week I look forward to listening each week and Bad Sonos 12345 says it feels like home Lou guests family and friends make you feel so warm and welcome you get the sense that you're an old friend listening to other friends carry on a conversation I not only listen on my long rides in South Florida but when I work out that's right not rap rock Pop, but Lou Mangello and W Radio is what fuels my daily workout. 
Keep it up, Lou. We're all counting on you. Thank you, Bad Sonos. Thank you, Carly Ray. Again, just search for WW Radio in Apple Podcasts or go to www.radio.com slash Apple for a link and instructions. And finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love and appreciate you. I hope that the show has brought a welcome distraction, some happiness, some positivity, and Disney magic to you. And then it helps you, maybe in some small way, to always choose the good, find the good in everything that you do, every one that you encounter, and be the good by paying that forward elsewhere. Because I promise you that positivity is contagious and you can make a difference one person at a time. I love and appreciate you. I hope to see you this Monday and Tuesday live from California Adventure Avengers Campus and Disneyland. And if there's anything at all I can do for you, please reach out and let me know. I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, I love you. I appreciate you. See ya. Hi, Lou, and hi, WDW Radio family. This is Victoria Gist calling from a beautiful, sunny evening in Connecticut. I've been catching up on the most recent episodes after some time away and really love the episode on the pre-shows. And while, of course, it had me think about what my favorite pre-show at Walt Disney World is, it also got me thinking about my most recent trip in April and how many pre-shows are so necessary or at least so enriching to the rest of the ride. Um, it was my brother's first time trip, and there were some things that just weren't the same without the pre-shows. They really are a part of the ride. They really do make that experience so much more magical. So maybe that's another episode in the works, uh, top 10 most necessary pre-shows. I don't know. That doesn't sound near as exciting as best pre-shows, but I don't know. Anyway, thanks so much for all you do, Lou, and for this community. You guys have been amazing, especially over the past year and a half. And I can't wait to See everyone on the Marvel Day at Sea cruise in 2022. I'm counting on the days. Choose the good, everyone. Bye. Good morning, Lou. Eric Cruz here from Cohasset, Massachusetts. Long-time listener, first-time caller. First, just wanted to say thank you for everything that you and the crew do. Becky, Tim, Lisa, everyone else, really appreciate it. Um, we're on our last day here at Alani. In Hawaii, I'm on the running trail behind the hotel, looking out the sunset at 6 in the morning. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, I just want to say thank you and all the members of the Nation family for all the tips that uh, you gave to um, myself and uh, my family for our visit here. They were really helpful. Uh, we did everything you recommended, and Alani is just awesome. If you haven't had a chance, get down here. Um, please, uh, everybody try to do so if you can. So, um, thanks again. If you're not a part of the nation family already, I encourage anybody to join just a bunch of great people. Uh, we get to meet once a month, really awesome stuff. So that's it. Just want to thank all of you. I'm heading out for a long run right now. Um, it's 6 a.m. here. The kids are already starting to come out and scream on the beach, and it's just a beautiful day, and I'm very thankful. Keep doing what you're doing. Choose the good. 